Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Jonathan? Good. It's been a minute, huh? <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, yes. Can Hello, you hear everybody. me okay? Oh, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. All righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doku Podcast, aka Let's Talk About It. Today, I have a very dominant, very uh, achieved director in the African-American community, in the theater, Dallas community, and just in general, Akeem Babatunde. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm glad Great. to do this with you. Yeah, me too. I had I don't even do I don't even do in, uh, intros anymore, and I have to give you one. <laughs> what did you say, Jonathan? I said I don't even do intros anymore, but I just had to give you one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. So, how have you been? Are you working on any new projects right now? Yeah, I am. I'm preparing. You know, because of this pandemic, I had a couple of gigs that were postponed, like I was supposed to uh, star in a play at Stage West, and then I was supposed to direct Fences at Circle Theater. So um, at the present time, I'm finishing out a, a book that I've been working on for a while and preparing to direct a play, which is a joint production at Stage West and the Dallas Theater Center uh, in 2021. So that's something I'm working on. And also teaching at Mountain View. I teach theater oh, at Mountain wow. View. Oh, yeah. that They need a strong teacher like you over there, man. Well, I've they been there for strong... a while. I'm an adjunct professor. I've been there for about uh, this 10 some, I guess, 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now, let me ask you this. As a teacher, what's your teaching style? I don't know. I mean, it's so eclectic and it depends on the student. But one thing for sure is I'm not interested in a person who's coming for ulterior motives, meaning, you know, people sometimes when they go to these acting studios, they go there because they think that the person has the uh, or the teacher has this magic wand to quote unquote make you a star. So I guess my <laughs> yeah. teaching style is the respect of the profession and the respect of the discipline of the art that we know as theater and transcends when we go into film. So I think it's 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 the um, ability to embrace yourself as an artist and not. Uh, someone who is um, a pretender to the throne or playing at it or have ulterior motives. I believe that an artist, when you really utilize that term, that you're very special. You're chosen to celebrate life and celebrate humanity. And that's a great gift. So yes. I guess that, and... that, that transfers into my style and teaching because um, I'm not interested in tricks and performing. I'm interested in what the soul says when you're um, creating a character and what the soul says when you're connecting with people. 
because as artists, we can transform lives and change lives. And that's a major, major um, connection to um, something greater than us. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. You made me want to take one of your classes. Well, come on. Zoom over here. But but no, but that's very important. And uh, to piggyback off of what you just said, uh, I look at, you know, great actors like Whoopi Goldberg, and I look at how the people that are came after her look up to her, and they always ask for advice, and she always tells them something they wouldn't expect. Like uh, Raven Simone was uh, doing Sister Act on Broadway, and they asked her, um, you know, she asked Whoopi, she said, do you have any advice on uh, how to, you know, play this character? And she said, yes, um, listen to your director. You know, like respect is very important in, you know, the acting world. So she didn't want to tell her something and her director tells her to go this way. And she's like, well, Whoopi told me to do this. Right. Like, no, that was very smart of her. She said, the best advice I can give you is listen to your director. And respect is like, you know, like even being a podcaster, I deal with people that are beautiful people. I mean, they look like, you know, the gods created them and just spit them out. And they have beautiful voices, crazy talent but they're not very respectful. And, you know, it gets to the point where it kind of ruins it oh. for, you, you know, you and the artist. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. Because nobody wants to work with a diva. Nobody wants to work with a diva, unless your name is Patty Lapone. She's the only person. She's earned it, you know? And she's earned it. <laughs> yeah. And when she does things like that in terms of her demands, they're usually valid. And if mm -hmm. she was a man, they would say that she's a strong persona. But uh, just because she's a woman, they say she's a difficult diva, which she's not. If you've ever seen her perform, she's incredible. Oh, legendary. 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 And, and that's another thing, like... Uh... Uh, Nicki Minaj was giving an interview and they're like, oh, if somebody like Lil Wayne or a man comes in here, then, you know, oh, he's taking care of business. He's making sure everything's in charge. But, you know, if a woman comes, you know, she's being bitchy or she's a diva, you know, that needs to change. Yes, you know? absolutely. The sexism. Yeah, definitely. But I love your teaching style. I think it is you know, very important. And that reminds me of something somebody uh, told me. Uh, you should network in the business, but there's a time and place for everything. You know, like somebody should take your class to learn and to be educated and to sharpen their craft, not because, oh, I'm going to take Akeem's class because he got, he got connections. It don't work like that. Yeah, it's not about that. It's about learning your craft and learning mm -hmm. it well. And you, couldn't get, and you never stop learning. You consistently never. learn. Each time you're doing a different project on, on stage, you're learning. Great actors like Meryl Streep, they will... They're always searching and discovering. And, and, and Denzel Washington, they have to play a particular character. They go into research for about a year or so on, on these characters. And that's a learning process. And it's uh, yeah. a gift 
of living life. You never stop learning when you live life. Yeah. And to piggyback on another thing that you said, I I love that you say you don't teach tricks because I think the key to acting is the opposite. I don't think a good actor acts. I think a good actor literally becomes you know, the character, you yeah, know, create the backstory, you they know, where life into that soul and into exactly. that entity. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And I mean, uh, I know some people that even look at the set for inspiration, like, okay, he has a baseball in his room. Why does he have a baseball in his room? You know, there's, you know, the character's person, because nobody likes flat characters anymore. You want to be moved. You want to be, um, when you go to the theater or the movies, you want to be impacted. You want to leave that with something that changes your life. Or a lot of times when I teach, I always teach from the theory of impression. Impression. What happens when you go out in the morning? What is the first thing that hits you that's memorable? that's not memorable. And impression is a very important thing in the theater because it is the thing that can help you to view aspects of your world and greater worlds from what you have. A great example of that is Hamilton that was just seen uh, put on by Disney uh, Plus and they did the Disney Plus. And it's yeah. incredible. What a magnificent piece of theater. Oh, uh, man. Let me tell you. Especially for dealing with an, a different way of telling a story and using uh, what is the language of our um, society today, a language that was discarded, the language of hip-hop and rap, to tell the story about found, founding fathers. I think it's incredible. Yeah, it was. A, I tell everybody it, it's the do Lion King because you remember musical theater has always been underrated. And then the Lion King came out and everybody and their mama wanted to go see it. I feel like that's this generation's Hamilton has made musical theater popular again. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's a two-hour show, and you don't even realize that they're not doing any dialogue, and I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's operetta. Yeah. But, you I know, really... another show that was, that changed the course of American theater, and I don't think it's enough credit, just like um, Hamilton, is a show my brother, my brother, Obaba Batunde was nominated for a Tony for that. And it was Dream Girls. Dream Girls yes. was the first time that they used technology in a certain kind of way. And it also changed the course of American theater and yeah. had a, us look at storytelling differently. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated show. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite character is Jimmy Early in that show because oh. he he's one of the only characters I only know too, Jimmy Early and um MC and Cabaret. But okay. the, Jimmy Early is the only character 
one of the only characters in musical theater history that's literally open for interpretation. The director can do whatever he wants with that character. You know, it's he can really make it his own. So I definitely like that character. But yeah, Dreamgirls is criminally underrated show. Yeah. Definitely. And um, let's see. Uh, so, but like I was saying, I feel like acting is, you know, the key to acting is the opposite. You know, I think you should become that character. And I feel like the key to art is provoking emotion. You know, like whether you uh, go see a show or a film or a painting or listen to a concert. Yeah, you should you're less not an impression. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you should not feel the same exactly. on the yeah, you should not feel the same coming out of that theater. That's right. At all, you know, yeah. you know whether you're so, angry, you're happy, right. you're sad, you know. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So, how is your uh how would you describe your style as a director? As a director, I come from um I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised in the theater during the Black Arts Movement, which mm -hmm. means that uh, Black Lives Matter and all of those things which are resurging, I came up during uh, that kind of movement to uh, give respect to um African-Americans and on many different levels. When I grew up, the, Broadway actually had something in the New York Times that said, it's no longer the great white way. Broadway is becoming the black, great black way because there were seven shows on Broadway as I was growing up, in, black shows, African-American shows. There was The Wiz, there was Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death. There was yep. Loveling Brown Sugar. You name it. There were seven of them on Broadway celebrating our culture. So I was um, a member of La Mama Experimental Theater in, uh, in the East Village. And in that company, the styles that that was there was experimental, was from the Grotowski kind of world. Grotowski is um, a director, unlike Stanislavski. Stanislavski was um, the father of modern day acting and believed that realism is what the theater should promote. Stanislavski had another um, point of view. He said that um, yes, realism is good, but also you can tell a story with no realistic set. You can tell a story with no set and be able to be, uh, to feel the story, get the point of the story. So his world was a world of expressionism, of gesture, of symbolism, uh, of metaphor. Um, the one that I like a lot as a director is Peter Brooks. Peter Brooks mm -hmm. um, has done amazing work. He did, a, uh, I think it was Midsummer Night Dreams, where the set was nothing but a sandbox. 
And I like that kind of thing. I like that when you come into the theater, there are symbols to invoke your imagination rather than everything having to be spelled out to you. So I guess my, my, um, my form of theater, my form of directing is very, um, it's not linear. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I know, and another thing, I had a teacher that uh, taught me the, uh, she, she, her name is Gail Cronauer. Yes, I love uh, Gail. Yeah, she's an amazing theater teacher. Uh, I hate that she's retiring this year. Colin isn't going to be the same. But um, she would always be strict with the script. She would never want you to, you know, tear away from the script. And I had another director that wasn't so much into the script as he was into the white space. Uh, And he did leave room open for improvisation how do you feel in the importance of sticking to the script well, versus improv the script you have to you're not mm-hmm. you're not the playwright you have to honor the playwright's words so i don't believe in changing that i believe that once the playwright writes the work then it is the responsibility of the director to interpret it and interpret yes. it, it becomes his story then. So the play might write have written it in a certain way. And then when a director gets it, the playwright will say, oh, I've never seen thought of that before. Like I directed a play at Stage West um, a couple of seasons ago called Booty Candy, which was a big off-Broadway hit. And I remember that. Down, I remember that. Yeah. He said, oh, my God. He said, this is... um." Robert O'Hara had written that play. He says, I've never seen it done so stylistically before. I didn't change one word of his uh, play, Um, but I interpreted it. And that's what a director does. Yeah. See, me personally, I think it's lazy. I feel like Say, for instance, if I ask you to bake me a cake from scratch, you 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 are able to do it. And I'm like, man, Akeem, I want you to make me a cake from scratch. And you go get a box cake. That's how I feel not sticking to the words. It, it's not sticking to the script is. I feel like if you are a real actor, you will challenge yourself and make the words well, your own. Well, if you don't stick to the script, it's not about exactly what you're saying. If you're an artist and a craftsman, that's part of your art. So yes. if you're changing scripts and things like that, I find that to be very amateurish, you know? Yes, So exactly. that's not part of um, um, being a craftsman. No, it's not at all. So I, I, I agree with you. Yes. Now, what inspires you as an artist? Well, I had many great mentors. And uh, like, for instance, I, I, I'm a native New Yorker, but one of my mentors, Adrian Hall, mm-hmm. who was the artistic director of Trinity Rep in Providence, Rhode Island, which I was a member of, brought me to Dallas um, in the uh, late 
80s, early 90s to join the Dallas Theater Center Company at that time. And his style uh, uh, was just magnificent in terms of telling stories. It was so unique. He's a great inspiration. Ellen Stewart, one of my great mentors from, um, who uh, who was the artistic director of uh, La Mama Theater uh, and, and had, and was responsible for the careers of Harvey Fierstein, of Tom O'Horgan, of Andre Chabon, of Sam Shepard. She took me under her wings and she became a great inspiration to me. George Houston Bass um, brought me to Brown University to work. Uh, he was an instructor and had a theater in the African-American theater department uh, called Rights and Reasons Theater. And from 1980 to 1988, I was an artist in residence there. My godfather, Alfred Davis, gave me a lot of inspiration in terms of looking at life on a deeper level. And of course, my mother and my father and my brother these are all great inspirations to me and, and, and continue to be inspirations. You know, I like, uh, I, I, Curtis King is a very dear friend of mine. Oh, uh, yeah. Black and Arts he has the Black Academy of Arts and Letters uh, here in Dallas. And um, he, every, for the last six years, does something called the Playwrights Corner, and he provides an opportunity for artists, uh, actors, like a laboratory to do works that we don't hear about a lot in the African-American diaspora. And I run that. Uh, he, I direct the play readings, and every Sunday we come and we discuss plays we've never seen, and it gives artists an opportunity to... Um, stretch their craft working on that so life i guess is a great inspiration (laughs) for me as well yes and shout out to curtis king he's another person that's done you know wonders for the african-american theater community as well uh i've i was in rhapsody and rhythm i was in uh you know a couple of his summer caps that he did was you know fantastic i used to do um uh, run the summer camp for about four, four, uh, four seasons. Yeah, yes. I love what he does with those summer camps. Yes. Now, at one moment, did you know this is what you wanted to do? At what moment did you realize in life I wanted to be a creator? Do you want the long version or the short version? Give me the long one. <laughs> Give me the long okay. one. Well, the long one is. I grew up in New York and in the Wanna's projects, but when I grew up, the projects didn't have the stipulation it has today, meaning the projects was a community or community oriented um, environment. We actually had a milkman and the milkman would deliver milk and orange juice. And once we were finished, we'd leave the bottles outside our door and with money in it, and nobody was touch it. 
And this was before drugs and uh, gangs came into my community. So what happened to me one day was when I was in junior high school, I was passing to go to a class and I heard them working on a play. And the play was Carousel. And mm. I opened the door to that auditorium and lo and behold, it was like the voice of God said, ah, come. <laughs> and I went to the front of that stage and there they were rehearsing a play. I asked the assistant principal who was directing, I said, can I be in, your, in the play? And she looked at me like I was the ugliest, peasy-headed black boy you ever want to see. <laughs> and she said, you will never be in a play. And I thought, she's right, because... At the time, everybody in that play was lighter than me. And I, there was a saying when I was growing up, if you're light, you're all right. If you're yellow, you're a good fellow. If you're brown, you could stick around. But baby, if you're black, get back. And you might be too young to know that saying. So my nickname was Midnight, Black Cigar. Tar Baby, you stayed in the oven too long. And so I assume, yeah, you can't be in the play. When I went to high school, the same thing happened. It was like the person who was directing, who happened to be my English teacher, said, we have our quota and uh, we don't need uh, you in this play. And I said, oh, you'll, I'll be in a play and you'll learn and you'll read about it, you know? So despite all yeah. of those things that were supposed to block my appreciation and my acceptance of myself, the theater saved me and gave me a sense of purpose and a sense of, um, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I went to a high school called the High School of Fashion Industries and I was um, working in the garment um, world in the, as a pattern maker and I wanted to be a fashion yes. designer and I cut the patterns the nets, I cut the garments backwards so when they sewed it, the necks were in the front. And I got fired and they told me to go and do what you really were put here to do. And so I'm so glad yeah. that happened. But it really is the inspiration of that first time opening that door and no, of the theater at Andrew High School and knowing this is where I belong. Yes. And I mean, unfortunately, colorism is still alive and well, Yeah, you know, in every, not just in the African-American community, but in every, you know, community, it's the white way is the right way, you know, and, and, and we're slowly, you know, breaking the way you see, you're starting to see women embrace their natural, you know, hair patterns and leaving perms and wigs alone. You know, you're starting to see yeah, but people you don't embrace in black. With that because as black women and as black people, they can we celebrate the way we look. So that's mm -hmm. one form of celebration. Another form is I love the fact that they wear wigs or color it or because that's part of our culture. Um, mm -hmm. Really celebrating. Uh, it, we it come from an African culture, which is colorful and unique. And so that's just them 
expressing themselves on greater levels. Uh, and and I, I understand it. I, I really do. And I appreciate it. Uh, you know, no, if you go to a black funeral, nobody can put the dead away like a black funeral. The colors, oh, yes. you know, the color of the coffin, the color of the uh, garment, all of those things match. It is the same in everything we do. We are creative people from and women love their hair, especially in the black community. They love different ways of doing that. And it's very theatrical. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to uh, a bar? Because uh, uh, my whole family is full of beauticians. My mom's a beautician, grandmother. Have you ever been to one of the uh, Barner Brothers uh, uh, fashion shows, hair shows? No, I, but I've heard about it. How fe- That's a form of theater. Oh, it's amazing. Like, you, they have hairstyles you couldn't even believe. Like, they, the, uh, one lady had, like, her hair as, like, a birdcage with an actual bird in it. You know, wow. like, the, the, it's fantastic what they do with those hair art shows, man. And like you said, it is a form of um, expression. Yes, and, it is. you know, I, I feel like a lot of stuff, Africa is another place that's underrated. It really does not give get the credit it deserves. Literally everything we have now originated from there. And and like um I'll never forget I uh interviewed one of my friends. He's a dancer named uh Odin and I was telling him that I think ballet is like the math of dance cuz it's so hard and he corrected me and I'm glad he did. He said no. African dance is the math. African dance is the foundation, you know, and it's true. Like if you go to Africa, I went to um, uh, Africa for a workshop and the women were literally twerking in church because to them dance is just a form of expression. You know, it's not uh, sexualized like it is over here, you know? Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. So if you could work with any director, who would it be? He's not living now, but Harold Prince. Harold Prince and was the epitome to me of um, telling a story in a unique and interesting way. All of those well-known musicals Harold Prince did. Also, Peter Brooks, um, who believes in the empty stage. And I um, I wish I had an opportunity to work with Lloyd Richards, who was responsible for directing most of um, August Wilson's works. August Wilson is a celebrated African-American playwright who was, had the 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 unique idea to write a play for every decade in African American history of of African Americans here in our country. So nineteen from nineteen hundred to nineteen ten, you know, you name it. There were plays like Gem of the Ocean, Fences. Uh, are some of the celebrated ones that you know. 
but I wish I had an opportunity to work with Lloyd Richards. And also another one I really respect and has won several Tonys is George Wolf. Oh, yes. Yes, he's definitely a great director. Um, who's your top three actors of all time? My brother, Ova Baba Tunde. Um, yeah. Davis. I like Viola <laughs> Davis. And um, I, I love Diana Sands, who was in mm-hmm. the original movie of Raisin in the Sun. She played Benita. And um, they are all great craftsmen. Nice. What are your top three favorite movies of all time? Well, I love, because it brings me great memories. Uh, My mother took me when I was younger to see, well, actually, there's two that my mother took me to that I think are great. The Ten Commandments. I love the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. I also love um, there's a summer place, which another is another movie she took me to see. One that is kind of campy, but fun, and it didn't get such good reviews. But it's good for theatricality, and it's a campy like movie, and uh, it's um yeah. starring Joan Crawford. Mommy Dearest. I love Mommy Dearest. And I also like Betty Davis. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's an amazing actress. What are your top three favorite songs? Patti LaBelle, If Only You Knew, Luther Vandross. Anything Luther Vandross, If This World Were Mine, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I like um, all of his songs in uh, in Hamilton. Hamilton. There's, just, there's one called Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, Wait for, for it. it. That's oh, my favorite one. God. Yes. Yes. A very, and that's a very yeah. powerful song, too. It, it really drives yeah. his character. And me and my friend have a conspiracy. We said, you can take anything, because, you know, uh, Linwell Miranda was inspired by Jonathan Larson's I'm sure uh, he ring. Was. And we say, you can, yeah, we say, you can take any song in Rent and put it in In the Heights or uh, Hamilton and vice versa. You can put any song in Hamilton and In the, uh, in the Heights and Rent and it will work. <laughs> It'll work with both. Yeah, and, and, and maybe, you know, I can, uh, I'll do that sometime, like have like a tribute concert to him and just, you know, mismatch oh, wow. it and see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, see, uh, one thing I envy about you is you grew up in an era with what I like to call Mew Mew, like real music, you know, like the uh, Nat King Coles, the Johnny Mathis's, the well, listen, I'm you not know, that old, but Nat Vangel, King he... Coles and the Johnny Math- Mathis is a little bit before me, 
but it, I did hear them in my household. But I well, grew up well, in yeah. the well, well, you know what I mean. You're... Real, still yeah. real music. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it was still real music. But I grew up in in the era of Motown. I and you know Pat uh, Billy Holiday. I didn't come to appreciate Billy Holiday until I was older, or Nina Simone, because I was like, oh, she sounds like a cat. But my God, the passion from which she sings with, and that soul and heart. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but I did grow, grow up in an era where music um, told a story. Yeah, and like, like you, you, every word they said, they meant. Every word they sang, had so much passion behind it. And I understand what you mean by Billie Holiday because that's grown from like you have to go through something to understand right, what they're right. talking about. But you, you know, they were such uh such powerful, powerful singers. Now let me ask you this. What are your top I think I know one, but what are your top three musicals of all time? Hamilton. No, no. Dream Girls. Maine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love The Wiz. Uh, the Wiz. The, now, the movie, it, what people don't realize is the movie and the show are oh, yeah, very, very different. different. Do the you like the movie or was, the show better? Which one? Beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that show so much. I would actually, if I did the Wiz again, I would want to oh, be good. Eveline. That's a that's a nice twist. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, I was telling my friend because you know I've had the privilege to play at least all of my dream roles once, so I want to try something new. And you have characters like Eveline, Motormouth, Maybell, Ursula. They could be drag characters. Or they may you know, not have to be drag. If you really maybe think about be it. In another, it, may, it would be interesting to do it as a man with the same kind of um, perspective. You know, I played uh, at the Dallas Theater Center was a production of um, Inherit the Wind. And Liz Michael who uh, is a celebrated actress here and uh, she was my, um, I played her, she played the male character and I played the female, but I played it as a man. So uh, it, it's things like that, you know? Yeah. And see, that's one thing I like about you as a director. I feel like a good director, like you said, interprets things in his own way because nobody wants to uh, see the same show twice. They want to see different interpretations of it, and I think you could uh, really do that. I would love. Have you ever directed The Wiz? Or no, those are before? two on my bucket list. You know, um, I always yeah. work with someone. Um, my assistant director, her name is Tosha Story. She's um, one of the stars of BT's. Uh, Tyler Perry showed the oval on BET and she's mm -hmm. actually um, in Atlanta shooting the second season and it's, it's, it's become a very popular and hit show uh, around the world. Oh, but yeah. um, Tosha is my I love it. Um, assistant director and what I like about 
um, working with her is that I come up with these ideas and she, it's like I'm the far out director with far out ideas and she has the practical idea, <laughs> the practicality. She'll always ask yeah. me the questions to bring me back down to earth, to make it accessible, to ask me why I do what I do. Because I can see things, but a director has to interpret it. And I like the fact that um, she's a wonderful actress, but she's also someone I've mentored and she calls me her mentor. And She's also someone who's a wonderful director who keeps me in a check and balance situation. Yeah, she, I've never met her, but from what I hear, she's an yeah, amazing yeah. human being as well. Yeah, yeah and she can great. act. She like did that um, girl could act. Great. She played Raisin in, the, in Raisin in the Sun at the Dallas Theater Center. She was Ruth, and she was superb. But if you get a mm -hmm. chance, watch The Oval. She plays the wife on. Oh, you, you, oh, oh, you, you, you know that's my show. Oh, I wonderful. watch it every. I, I love the Oval. I love the Oval. The haves of the have nods. Yeah, yeah, those are my shows. Yeah. Now I would be interested in seeing what you did. I would love to see what you would do with Jimmy Early and just that whole show. And um, in general, I would love for you to direct. Um, uh, the Wiz, I would love to see what you do with that. Dream Girls, uh, Hairspray. Now, I don't know if you heard about this, but you know a theater did an all-white hairspray. I think I heard something about that. I don't know. I don't know how, and I don't know why. I don't even know how that would work. Maybe the blondes versus the brunettes. I don't know. But... <laughs> But yeah, they they did it. Um, I would also two plays that might not be on your bucket list. I would love to see you direct. Well, Cabaret. All, honestly, and and I'm glad you brought that up. And I I I I tell people because I have a lot of people who I've um, mentored around the country. You know, some of them are on Broadway, and some of them are in films. Uh, Walter Fauntleroy someone I mentored. Uh, he's in uh, The Oval as well. Akron Watson is someone I've worked with. He played uh, in Ham he, in the Chicago show. He played actually yes. Aaron Burr. Uh, and one of my great, uh, I've worked with some people who um, I was their coach in a production. One of the great figures is the singer Phyllis Hyman and uh, uh, I was her acting coach and Regina Bell. But what I always um, tell people is to um, not get stuck, you know, go beyond the given, you know. So I don't just see myself as a black director. I see myself as a director. So I've had an opportunity to direct all yes. kinds of plays, not just black plays. And that's a respect for, for your, your craft and your discipline that you're able to, you know, yeah. I directed um, Tame It of the Shrew, Tame It of the Shrew uh, at Shakespeare of Dallas, the first African-American director to direct that for Shakespeare of Dallas in a um, kind of different, at the time, 
and innovate because it was multicultural. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of, uh, like, like, I honestly feel like that is true, that you can, you know, you just love to give back to your community, but you could direct, like I said, I, I think you could do wonders yeah, with Show yeah, Cabaret. Have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of uh, She Loves Me? She Loves Me, Your Perfect Now Change, that show? Um, no, it's a, it's a show called uh she that's i love you you're oh. perfect now james there's so it's classical theater too it's called uh she loves me um the guy that played shazam was in the uh the uh revival oh. but it's an it's an amazing show it's it, i love it cuz uh, to me it's like if uh it, it's the wicked of that era oh, you know it's very yeah, yeah, it's very classical musical theater. There's actually a song in there that's in the Guinness Book of World Records as having the highest note. It's uh, vanilla ice cream. And uh, it's one of the uh, fantastic traditions of the show, going and seeing if the actress can actually hit that key of Z, you know, hitting oh, that wow. note. But it, She loves me. Okay. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's a very good show. You should definitely... Check it out. I feel like, you know, just from what I've seen your uh, other shows, I feel like you could really breathe, you know, a different light to that show. I would even like to see you direct um, Sweeney oh, Todd. I think Todd. you I could love to direct Sweeney Todd. You know, I, I think you could do wonders with that. And the reason why I said Sweeney Todd is because you're a very technical director. Like you focus on the little things as well right. as the big things. And each time I see Sweeney Todd, there's a lot of little things in the show that half the productions do not yeah. get, you know? So, yeah, I would definitely like to see you take a well, swing I at that. But if you... I appreciate that. And I also appreciate um, doing this for your podcast, you know, um, having this conversation with you. And I wish you so much luck with it. I haven't listened to the other people yes. you interviewed, but um, I, I'm I'm very happy and proud of you for doing this. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I had to do something. You know, the theaters were closed. So I was like, how can I give back? Yeah. How can I, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Um, but last question. If you got a call up, to uh, direct a, any Broadway show, whether it's on Broadway or off. And they said, uh, Mr. Akeem, we need you uh, to direct this show, any show you're choosing, which one would be your first choice? Well, it may, uh, honestly, the, um, the one that would be my first choice has probably not been created yet. And the one that has been created is my own, which is uh, uh, called Obituary. When I would love to see that on Broadway. It's a one-man show based on the funny kinds of things that happen at uh, African-American funerals. And I would love that. But, um, you know, there, there, are, uh, there are unique writers, especially African-American writers. So there's things that are constantly be evolving, especially um, at this time. Um, if there's something in the past that I would like to direct, 
on Broadway. Um, I I would go back to uh, I would do an all black version of Maine. Mm, that would yeah. be interesting. That would be interesting. What advice would you give somebody trying to do what you do? Or what advice would you give a young actor or actress that's listening to this podcast right now? To really, really never, ever do it for the wrong reasons. To train, to learn your craft, to see as much theater as you can, to speak to people who've been doing it well for a long time because they have a great amount of wisdom to um, read, to to, um, listen to music, to watch great performers. Because in doing that, you know, I, I sometimes will just watch great singers like Maria Callas or Whitney Houston. Because they are acting through music. And you learn so much in the way they tell a story. So in this world of the theater, of um, being an artist, either in theater or in film, you consistently observe and study and appreciate life. And that's a great thing to be on this earth to do, to be a vessel of creativity of the almighty. Yes, yes. Well, thank, thank you, you Jonathan. so much for coming on the show. It's been a, you know, it's been, I'm just like a kid in a candy store taking in all this wisdom. It's been a pleasure. And I would love to have you back. You sometime. got it. If you ever want to promote it, all anyway. right, you, you got it. That when we do, um, uh, when I get ready to direct what to send up when it goes down, a joint production with Stage West in the Dallas Theater Center, I'd like to come on and promote that. All right, sure can do. That's a bet. Thank all you so righty. much, and have a wonderful rest you of too. your day. Best of luck. Bye. <laughs>